It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And after a short hiatus, we are back. Yes, we were in the middle of summer, so we were swimming in lakes, going to scout camp. Much of the D-team was on vacation as well. And many times when you're traveling for vacation, you're taking those airplanes. Yes, you're taking those flights, going to great destinations. And to help us kick back into action here at the show, we have none other than the pilot himself. Yes, from Airplane. We have Robert Hayes stopping in here at the show to help us get back into action here at Diz Radio. Yes, Robert Hayes, you know him from movies like Airplane, Airplane 2, the sequel, that 70s show, Smoking the Bandit, as well as the classic Disney live-action films, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, and Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. And Robert's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things, what it was like being part of this great comedy classic, Airplane, as well as Starman, the TV series, the Homeward Bound films, working with children animals and so much more in addition no show would be complete without the d team and they are rested up back in action from a short vacation and you have the questions and he has the answers and aaron is going to answer all your questions and i want to know we have dominic here with all those tips and tricks to make the most out of your walt disney world vacation when you're short on time and short on money we have michael who's live in the parks going through walking through with this week in walt's footsteps we have frank giving you that little bit of wit wisdom and more from the Disney quote of the week. We have Randy with the latest from Disney Multimedia, as well as Trisha and Jamie stopping in with those magical munchies for your stomach. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire and so much more. So it is going to be a fun, fantastic romp here at the show this week as we are back in action. So before we jump into this week's show, I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, character interactions, you name it, they're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have, and all kinds of tips to help you through the process to make your vacation extra magical so definitely check them out castle and dreams travel the official sponsor of Diz radio so all of you d heads we are back in action we're having fun we are ready to go so let's officially kick off show number 214 for the week of july 19th 2018 by spending some time with man's best friend or maybe getting that food and that catnip for that furry friend in your house and all those great animals. Let's get out there, play in the parks, go for a dog walk, and so much more. So let's officially kick off the show, and I'll be back shortly, all VG heads. You ain't just all open bootsies. Now who takes care of your favorite tree? It's a dog, dog, gone it, it's a dog. 
And who's the biggest star on your TV? It's a dog, dog, Barnet, it's a dog. Who comes running when you call him man's best friend, you know. Right, who keeps a keg of brandy handy when it's 40 below? Who greets the postman every day? It's a dog, dog, Garnet, it's a dog. Who makes the milkman's hair turn gray? It's a dog, dog, gone, and it's a dog. Who retrieves the peasant's pheasant when he shoots just right? Who gets the bird that's flying by and he can't even get a bite? Whose big bark can break a lease? It's a dog, dog, gone, and it's a dog. Oh. Who's the head of the German police? It's a dog, dog, gone and a police dog. Sure fooled me. I thought it was a dachshund. Dateline Disney. Now in theaters is a brand new tale of a Disney favorite. It's Walt Disney Pictures' Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. It's a heartwarming story of a sophisticated cat, spunky bull terrier, and a wise golden retriever that are separated from their human family and their extraordinary mission to find their way home. If the animals made it this far, they just might make it all the way home. In this version of the film, the animals will emerge very much as very distinct characters with very, very distinct personalities. And we actually hear their, their thoughts. We hear their conversations. There you go. Hey, thanks. Whoa, whoa, fish. Following animals on an incredible journey through the wilderness seems easy to do in the movies, but getting animals to act on camera is actually one of the hardest jobs in the business. Working with the animals is sometimes very difficult. Okay, we can only on. feed them so much and ask so much before they just say, guys, I'm, I'm full, I'm taking a nap, it's over. You either have your shot or you don't. The dogs decide to, you know, they see a bird somewhere or they get tired after a while and bring on the double, you know, the next dog and bring on that double and, you know, it's just rough. In the making of the movie, at least 50 to 60 trained animals, including doubles, were used to bring the incredible journey to life. This is actually the first time, in a sense, where you have animals really not just performing a behavior, but actually the behaviors have to be interacted between each other. These animals have to be manipulated and trained into positions where they're not only doing their behavior, but in the middle of their behavior, they're in a sense communicating with their partner. All of the cats are trained to a buzzer, and what happens is when I press this button, this, this buzzer sound reacts. This particular buzzer happens to be on a stick, but we also have remote buzzers that can set in the ground so that we can have the cats going away to different points. So that the animals are not overworked, each has several doubles that are painted with makeup to look exactly like the lead animal. This allows filming to continue while the stars take a rest. Compared to doing people, they uh, don't require as much touch-up because it's on fur and they don't get the moisture problem that skin does. In this case, Tyler just requires a little makeup around the face. I think we've all heard of those stories, and they're true, of, of animals who will walk many, many miles to find their home or to find their, their owners, and it's one of those stories that you just can't help but laugh and cry. Now playing at theaters, Walt Disney Pictures' Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Hi, this is Robert Hayes from Airplane and Homeward Bound 1 and 2, and you are listening to Diz Radio.
you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, all of you G-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 214 for the week of July 19th, 2018, as we are back. We're hopping on that airplane, and we are having some fun as we are homeward bound all getting ready for Robert Hayes stopping in. Yes, from Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, Airplane, Airplane the Sequel, Homeward Bound 2, as well as Smoking the Bandit, Angie, That 70s Show, Starman the Series, and so much more. We also have the D-Team stopping in with Aaron, Dominic, Michael, Frank, Randy, Trisha, and Jamie, and all kinds of fun because we are back in action here at the show. So before we jump into that news hot off the D-Wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show, first and foremost. And first and foremost, of course, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com that's d-i-z radio.com there you can find our full list of past shows the complete podcast archives our latest news blogs and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com that's d-i-z radio 
DizRadio.com. You can also join us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DizRadioShow. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. And maybe you're looking for that mental health, that physical health. You love running, swimming, jogging, martial arts, you name it. Maybe you're just looking to be mentally, physically fit. You can join us at the Diz Ninjas as well. That's D-I-Z N-I-N-J-A-S dot com and join the Diz Ninjas group as well. You can also join us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, different kind of Disney show. And maybe you want to stay connected instantly. All you have to do is go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It is super simple. Just search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue. And there you can get the latest shows as they get released on your iPhone, your Android, the tablet of your choosing. You can listen to it in your cubicle at work, your car, your family. You share it. All you have to do is hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And remember, if you can't remember any of this, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and you can find all these links there as well. Super easy, super simple. So, all of that is out of the way, so let's jump into that news hot off the D-Wire, and maybe you love the smell of things, maybe you love those fragrances, and how about Disney? and Scentsy are collaborating for a fragrance collection. That's right, imagine trying to create the fragrances that capture Mickey Mouse's charm, the friendly forest that makes up Winnie the Pooh's 100-acre wood, or the inquisitive, open-minded bravery of Belle. Yes, this international fragrance and home decor company, Scentsy, as we all know, is doing just that. Scentsy is launching a variety of fragrance products and scented plush toys featuring Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, 100 Acre Wood, and Disney Princesses, as well as Disney Pixar's Finding Nemo. That's right, this collaboration with Disney will allow more than 100,000 independent Scentsy consultants across 11 countries to sell the Disney collection. Now, the collaboration was unveiled in Anaheim this past week at the Scentsy Family Reunion, the company's annual convention. Now, as they have expressly released, they said, we've worked very closely with Disney for the product design and team to deliver an incredible lineup of characters with signature fragrances that fit within the imaginative storytelling of the Disney brand. Heidi Thompson stated, the Sensi president and co-owner. We couldn't be more excited for Sensi to align with Disney, one of the world's best family-oriented brands. We know that Sensi consultants and consumers around the world are going to be thrilled. Now, several special edition products are going to launch throughout the end of July and beginning into August, with a full Disney collection available for purchase through the independent Sensi consultants starting on September 1st, 2018. Now, you can view all these products and more and find consultants at Sensi.com, and that's S-C-E-N. TSY.com. Now, as the co-owner Orville Thompson has said, he said, we couldn't find a brand that better matches our aspirations and values. Family, friendly, industry-leading, creative, artistic, and warm, as well as inspiring other people. That is part of Sensi's mission statement. And these words couldn't be used to describe anyone else other than Disney. Now, they said, where Disney creates powerful memories through parks and entertainment, our products help people remember and relive those experiences through fragrances in their homes and experiences. Again, if you want to get some of these, which I know I will be, you can go to Scentsy.com and start getting in the mood right now. Now, since we are talking about experiences and those once-of-a-lifetime kind of things, how about kids getting excited about reading with The Incredibles 2 personalized books? Now, you've heard me talk about the personalized books here on the show many, many times over the years, but now you can dust off that super suit because KD Novelties is announcing that The Incredibles 2 personalized book for kids starring The Incredibles 2 
is coming out now that it is released in theaters. Now, children can star alongside their favorite Incredibles characters. They can tackle new challenges with the Power Family, but learn that no matter what comes from it and whatever comes their way, they will always be there for each other. Now, as Kim Delgado has said, the spokesperson for KD Novelties, boys and girls need to see themselves reflected in what they read. And most of the time, kids crave for action-packed adventures that draw and captivate their attention. The Incredibles 2 personalized children's books is going to do that. It's going to teach children that they can be superheroes in real life and fear nothing or no one, thus enhancing their self-esteem. We are thrilled to announce that this new personalized book is going to be great additions to our already great personalized Disney books for kids. Now, personalized children books are always fun. You can build self-esteem. The children can imagine themselves in these stories. I have a variety of these personalized books for my children, and my son loves going to Neverland with Peter Pan. He's in the story. He's a lost boy. He's having a great time. He is there with the action. And KD Novelties has been in business for over 15 years and has been promoting literacy to kids of all ages over those years and creating these great one-of-a-kind experiences with these personalized books. They have an A-plus ranking from the Better Business Bureau. So that is something that you just shouldn't be shuddered at. They have something that everybody loves, something that they love reading, and now you can get Incredibles 2 personalized for your collection as well. Now, moving along here, let's get out of the action, let's get out of books, let's get out of superheroes, and let's get into ESPN, Disney XD, and a little bit of Blizzard Entertainment. Yes, all three of those entities, ESPN, Disney XD, and Blizzard Entertainment, have announced the multi-year exclusive telecast agreement for the Overwatch League. Yes, ESPN, Disney XD, and Blizzard Entertainment announced this last week for the exclusive multi-year agreement for the live television coverage of the Overwatch League, the world's first major global city-based eSports league. Now, it all began with the Overwatch League playoff coverage on Wednesday, July 11th, this last couple of weeks, across both networks, and the 2017 and 2018 Overwatch League inaugural season concluded with the Grand Finals live from Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Now, the Overwatch League Grand Finals is one of the most comprehensive television distributed for an esports event. Now, there's a lot of different esports, but this one is one that is really going to boost numbers, boost sales, and really something that is a new direction for a new generation of sports fans out there. Now, the inaugural season of the Overwatch League will culminate once again with the Grand Finals, the ultimate showdown for the championship. The first team to win two best-of-five matches at the Barclays Center will take home the Overwatch League trophy, as well as the lion's share of the $1.4 million in the prize pool. Now, you're wondering, what is this? What are these things? What's going on? Well, they said... In their official press release, we are pleased to partner with Activision Blizzard to bring Overwatch eSports to our audience. The Blizzard team has created a genre-leading eSport and a premium professional franchise system in the Overwatch League. Now, programming and general manager of Disney XD has said we are kicking off the agreement by showcasing the inaugural season of the playoffs and grand finals across many of our linear footprint. This is including ESPN, all of our channels, Disney XD, and many others over the course of three days. So if you are a fan of Overwatch, you're a fan of eSports, this is definitely going to be one that uh, you're going to want to get your hands on. Now, moving along here, let's get to the parks for a little bit. And remember that great double-decker bus? That bus that went out there and uh, had the characters jumping from it and everybody danced, right? It was the great uh, Disney characters on holiday. Well, how about two boys caused thousands in damage to that Disney bus at the Volo Museum? 
Now this is in Illinois, and two children got an unexpected ride after they climbed aboard an antique double-decker bus at a suburban car museum. Now the museum purchased this car in 2014 for 250 thousand dollars now this bus had been the feature at epcot center in disney world for almost 50 years well not 50 yet because the 50th isn't coming let's say closer to 40 years carrying characters to mingle with park guests now as they said it has seen better days said brian grams of the volo auto museum Disney retired it in the early 2000s, and it must have been sitting for a while. The wood was split, the paint was faded and chipped and scratched, and we spent time putting it back in order, getting it back into shape, and having fun. Now, while the bus was being repaired, it was stored in a restricted area, marked with do not touch signs. But on Monday, two 10-year-old boys climbed inside the bus anyways, as the Lake County Sheriff Police had said, and once inside... The boys took the bus out of the park position, which allowed it to roll 80 feet, slamming into a tree. Now, the bus sustained minimal but expensive damage that could be estimated between $5,000 and $10,000. Now, the boys were not hurt, and as the owner said, he's playing it really cool because the parents are going to pay for it or whatnot. But he said, I understand it. They're kids. I have kids, too. They can be hard to control at times, but when there's a do not touch sign there, you do not touch it, and it's there not for our health because we want you to not touch it. So the museum does plan to debut the bus next month as scheduled and use it to carry guests all around the grounds to see all the great autos at the Volo Museum. Now, maybe you're ready for some interactive game shows. We all love those. And how about the kid-friendly game show Disney Quizney? is premiering that's right this last week quizney has premiered and you think you and your family know everything there is to know about disney well now is your chance to prove it for the next 10 days disney quizney a multi-platform interactive trivia telecast is going to put your knowledge to the test in a new and exciting way beginning this last week and continuing each weekday until friday july 27th kids and families are invited to play along with 12 year old trinity stokes from disney's kc undercover as she hosts a live seven minute real-time game show on the disney channel yes i said real time Disney hopes that the interactive game will keep them on their cutting edge of technology while bringing families closer together. Now, when we say real time, you are going to interact. You're going to be able to answer these questions and, of course, win real cash prizes. Now, as they said, we continually look to leverage the most current technology in ways that enable our viewers to have active roles within our linear TV. Kimberly Hicks has said the vice president of digital media at Disney Channel. Now, during each show, viewers at home will be presented with fast-paced trivia questions increasing in difficulty with each round that must be answered within 25 seconds for a chance to win. Now, to play, it's absolutely free. Participants can either download the Disney Now app, yes, that you can get on your iPhone, your Android, Kindle. I have the Disney Now app, and it's ready to go. You can get it on your mobile device. And a play, which isn't going to cost anything as well, all you have to do is, with parents' permission, children ages 6 and older are invited to click the Quizney promo located in the app or the Quizney promo link on the website and wait for the show to begin. Once the show goes live, trivia questions will appear at the app on the website and more, and players with the highest point totals at the end of the game will win one of the prizes available that day. All answers are final and cannot be changed. Now to stir things up, Disney, as stated on its official rules page, threw in a little teaser. Many will play few will win. Now, according to the entertainment giant, past games will be available for play for free on the Disney app after they already air, although you won't win any of the cash prizes. That is only for the live event. 
Now, there was a couple of other things I was going to talk about here in news, but we're already running a little bit longer. We have Robert Hayes stopping in here very shortly. We have the D team stopping in here, but Hot Topic, yes, we all know Hot Topic at the malls. There's the new modern Disney princess collection that's here with Ariel, Little Mermaid, Disney princesses, and more. There are some great things for all of you tweens out there. Rapunzel from jeans, jackets, you name it. And of course, let's not forget William Dafoe is boarding Disney's dog sled movie, Togo. William Dafoe will star in Disney's Togo, the live-action movie about two of the key figures in the 1925 Gnome Serum run. The sled dog Togo and sled dog driver Leonard Sapala. Now, Disney is developing Togo for its streaming service, which is set to launch late next year. Now, Erickson Core, whose credits include Invincible and the remake of Point Break, is directing this film. Now, it is part of Alaska, and it became famous in 1925 as the destination of the Serum Run, also known as the Great Race of Mercy, in which dog sleds played a major role, transporting all kinds of diphtheria serums through the harsh conditions over nearly 700 miles to save a city from an epidemic. Now, this is a great story. It's going to be fun. The story will focus on the unlikely friendship between man and dog. Come on, we all know Disney loves their dog sled movies, right? I mean, Eight Below, there's also Snow Dogs. I, I, there's a lot of great movies that uh, they do love their they do love their sled dog movies, but it is going to be a good film. Tom Flynn wrote the script for the project, which is currently being produced by Ken Zubdick. Now, Defoe will play Sapala, and he received his third Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor this year for the Florida Project. So he is right there on the cusp of, you know, the next big thing once again, because Defoe, his credits are always great. Shadow of the Vampire, Platoon, other ones that he's been nominated for as well. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to wrap up news here. We're going to close it out because we have all kinds of fun. We have Robert Hayes stopping in here. You're jumping on that airplane. You're homeward bound. You're getting ready to, you know, jump back into the 70s and so much more. Yes, homeward bound, Angie, that 70s show, Starman the series, Airplane, you name it, Robert Hayes is going to be stopping in here. We also have the D-Team with Aaron stopping in to answer all your questions and I want to know. Dominic with a short leash. We have Michael, who's live in the parks with Walt's footsteps. We also have Frank with the Disney Quote of the Week, Randy with Multimedia, and maybe your stomach is hungry because our shows go a little long. We have Trisha and Jamie with Magical Munching. We have all kinds of fun. So before I release the reins here to the D-Team and move on here with the show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation. From dining reservations, character interactions, fast passes, you name it, they're going to help you, treat you like family, hold your hand, walk you through the process, and make it extra magical. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have as well. They're award-winning and so much more, so definitely check them out. They're 100% free. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to release the reins here to the D-team. We have all kinds of fun lined up, so let's press on for show number 214 for the week of July 19th, 2018. (laughs) Don't seem to mind at all. No, 
yard, yeah, yeah In her mind, she's ten feet tall I've got a three-legged, three-legged, three-legged dog I've got a three-legged, three-legged, three-legged dog Well, I got a three-legged dog Her favorite toy is a ball Chasing squirrels in the yard, yeah, yeah When she runs, you know sometimes she falls I've got a three-legged, three-legged, three-legged dog I've got a three-legged, three-legged, three-legged dog And she don't seem to mind at all She don't seem to mind at all She don't seem to mind at all She don't seem to mind Every time I'm hammering it And I know she will be begging it When she wants to get a taste You might see my dog And you think there's something's missing But my pretty little pooch She's really good She only got one leg on the right side She only got one leg on the right side Yeah, she got the pork shop She got the dirty socks She got the pork shop Shoot up! When I go out walking When I go out walking Me and my three-legged friend Me and my friend Some of the people that we some meet, you know Some of the people that we meet They all laugh at her and I say Well, sometimes she falls, that's right He falls down But she always gets up He gets back up We can all learn a lot From my three-legged dog I got three-legged, three-legged, three-legged dog Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Look for these hit movies that you can own. From Walt Disney Home Video. I'm gonna miss you so much. Left behind with family friends. Have a nice vacation. And far from their home. Three beloved pets take matters into their own paws. He's Shadow. Something doesn't smell right. She's sassy. Cats rule and dogs drool. He's Chaz. Get a life, get nine of them. <laughs> now, they're determined to find their way back. I'm going home. Wait! They're off on an adventure they'll never forget. Oh, this ground isn't nearly soft enough. Don't be such a sissy, sassy. It's an untamed world full of surprises. What's that smell? I never thought anything could smell too much. Hey, you. Where nothing comes easy. Hey, hey, Scram, get your own fish. Careful, pup. Help! And danger waits at every turn. I gotta tell you, domesticated animals wouldn't stand a chance at you. Where the forces of nature will test their ability to survive. What? It will be an incredible journey home. Hey, guys, wait up. Come on. Home is just over that mountain. Critics agree. Two thumbs up, say Siskel and Ebert. A masterpiece of family entertainment, says ABC TV. In the classic tradition of Walt Disney Entertainment comes Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Coming this fall on video cassette.
Hi, this is Tom Kane, the voice of a number of current Disney attractions like Yoda and Jedi Training Academy, Akbar and Star Tours, a number of upcoming rides in the new Star Wars park that I can't talk about yet, and of course, the voice of the monorail. And you're listening to Diz Radio, helping you relive the magic and memories. Well, hello to all you D-heads. Mike here in Disney's Hollywood Studios for another walk in Walt's footsteps. And this time, like I said, we're in Disney's Hollywood Studios because we are here in One Man's Dream, which if you've never been through, is essentially a walk-through a walk museum leading from Walt's childhood all the way up through the early days of the animation, all the way up through the creation of Disneyland. Uh, and it's just a really cool place to come if you really love Walt and you want to see a lot of the stuff about the different parts of the history of Walt and his impact uh, that you still see in the parks today. And today we're going to talk about the multi-plane camera. Now, if you don't know what the multi-plane camera is, uh, the multi-plane camera was a piece of technology. It was essentially it was a camera that was invented by William Garrity for the Walt Disney Studios to be used in the production of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. The camera was completed in early 1937 and tested in a silly symphony called The Old Mill, which you can actually see a clip of in One Man's Dream. But The Old Mill ended up winning the 1937 Academy Award for Animated Short Film. And Disney's multiplane camera, which used up to seven layers of artwork, essentially would be layers of artwork layered on top of each other and shot under a vertical and movable camera, which allowed for a more sophisticated use than earlier versions that were created by, by of iWorks and was used prominently in Disney films such as Pinocchio, Fantasia, Bambi, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Sleeping Beauty, and The Jungle Book. But the multiplane camera was actually used all the way up to The Little Mermaid, which was the final Disney film to use the multiplane camera, though the work was done by an outside facility as the original Disney cameras were not functional at the time. Uh, and when you come to One Man's Stream, you actually can see a scaled-down version of the multiplane camera. And you can see some of the, the stills that were used uh, in the old mill. And you can see all the work, how one layer starts with the mill, and the next layer's got grass, and a little bit more grass, and a little bit more. But when the camera is shot from the top and zoomed down, you get this really, really pretty sweeping shot that goes all the way through this three-dimensional uh, image that Disney really became famous for with those early animated classics. But thank you guys for joining me here on this Walk in Walt's Footsteps. The next time you're in Disney's Hollywood Studios, make sure you stop into One Man's Dream and take your own walk through Walt's Footsteps and see the man's story for yourself. Now, this is a different kind of drawing. It also came out of our school of self-improvement here at the studio. It is the blueprint of a piece of equipment designed to make cartoons more realistic and enjoyable. This is the plan for a super cartoon camera. We call it the multiplane camera. It was intended for use in our feature-length cartoons. You see, we decided for features. The camera needed improvement too. Actually, the pre-feature cartoon camera was fairly simple in construction and operation, and generally very satisfactory. The problem was how to take a painting 
and make it behave like a real piece of scenery under the camera. The trouble was we were photographing a flat two-dimensional background. So we set about making plans and blueprints for a new cartoon camera that would overcome this. The different elements in the scene were separated according to their varying distances from the viewer. This put the moon on a plane farthest away from the camera. With our original picture broken down in this manner, it is possible to control the relative speed with which each individual part of it moves to or away from the camera. But the moon remains absolutely still, and so it will always remain the same, neither growing nor shrinking in size. Since this new camera used many planes, we called it the multiplane camera. And here now is our same moonlight scene, the way the multiplane camera sees it. As you can see, we finally got the moon to keep its proper distance. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, I'm literally halfway out the door on my way to Boy Scout camp. I just had enough time to answer a few of your questions. So let's reach into that virtual mailbag and let's get started. Our first question is from Sean Markle of Georgia and he writes, Aaron Diz Radio, I've really grown to love your show. It is so different and the level of stars you put on introduced me to a new world of Disney I never knew. My question for Aaron is about the Disney film Benji the Hunted. Is this the only Disney Benji film? I know there are many films with him, but this is the one I grew up with. But I would love to know if there were more Disney ones, and if not, what are some of the other ones? I kind of remember a TV show at one time, too, with an alien robot that was with him. Thank you for such a great show. Well, I've always been a huge fan of Benji. Benji the Hunted from 1987 was the only Benji film released by Walt Disney Pictures. This is also one of my favorite movies. Not to give away too much of the plot, but Benji must find a way to survive in the Oregon wilderness and find a way to protect some orphaned cougar cubs till he can find them a new mother. Some other Benji films include the original Benji from 1974, For the Love of Benji in 1977, Benji's very own Christmas story from 1978, Benji at work in 1980, Benji takes a dive at Marineland in 1981, Benji's film festival in 2001, Benji off the leash in 2004, and the newest reboot, Benji in 2018. It's a Netflix movie that is a remake of the original, and it's produced and written by Brandon Camp the son of the original producer, writer, and director, Joe Camp. The TV show you're remembering was called Benji, Zax, and the Alien Prince that aired Saturday mornings on CBS in 1983. Well, you should definitely check out some of those other Benji movies. I think you'll really like them. Well, our final question this week is from Patricia R. of Detroit, Michigan, and she writes, Diz Radio and the team... Question for I want to know. 
I know Disney's cars is set in a specific kind of world, but then Disney came out with planes. Any reason why it didn't fare as well as cars did? How many did they make? And biggest question, does it take place in the same world as Cars? Well, Planes is a fun movie, and I guess it's a matter of perspective if you think it didn't fare well. Let me just start by saying that it's not nearly as big as Cars. However, this film was originally made as a direct-to-video movie. It had a budget of $50 million and made almost $240 million at the box office. I think a lot of people just found it to be a rip-off of Cars, basically Cars in the Sky. And a lot of people thought it was a Pixar movie and expected that level of content. I personally thought this was a great movie, with an awesome voice cast and a huge win for Disney Toon Studios. There was a sequel called Planes, Fire and Rescue that was released in 2014. This one didn't do as well as the original, only pulling in $151 million in the box office. And yes, it takes place in the same world as Cars. A couple of the characters in Planes appears in a Cartoons episode called Air Mater. Further proof? Britt Mustangberger, voiced by Brent Musburger, appears in both Planes and Cars 2. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron. E-R-I-N at DizRadio.com Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. From deep in the hostile wilderness, (laughs) Walt Disney Pictures presents an incredible motion picture adventure. Benji the Hunted. Lost and alone, a courageous dog must fight for survival. And for the lives of four cougar cubs. It's a story of courage and heroism. Of heart-pounding suspense. heartwarming tenderness. Now, Walt Disney Pictures invites you to share the excitement, the triumph, and the pure fun as Benji, the canine superstar, leaps into action. There's no better time than now to experience the unbelievable magic of Walt Disney Pictures' all-new adventure epic, Benji the Hunted. free without a family tree but he could up and do it and prove there's nothing to it and that's how a good dog should be here yeller come back yeller 
Best doggone dog in the West. Best doggone dog in the West. Old Yeller was a hunter, a rare and terran hunter. In any chase, he knew just how to run. <laughs> And when he hunted trouble, he always found it double. And that's when old Yeller had fun. Here, Yeller, come back, Yeller. Best dog on dog in the West. Best dog on dog in the West. Old Yeller was a fighter, a rootin' tootin' fighter. In any scrap he knew just what to do. A rough and ready feller, although his coat was yeller, his bold Texas heart was true blue. Here, yeller, come back, yeller. Best dog on dog in the West. Here, yeller, come back, yeller. Best dog on dog in the Hello everyone, this is Dominic, and welcome to another edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you're new to the segment, a short leash isn't what keeps Mrs. Jumbo on house arrest. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they are short on time and short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. I say this segment is for people who are short on time or short on money, and we are going to be hitting the ladder today as we look at a five-person, four-day trip to Walt Disney World for under $700. That's madness. It can't be done, you say. Well, you're kind of right, so let's go through it. First off, why five people? Two reasons. The first is I'm very selfish. I have five people in my family, including two children that are in elementary school that Disney apparently thinks are adults. Yes, it's Disney Bar Mitzvah. Although they require adult supervision until they're 12, they certainly could be upcharged for an adult ticket at the age of 10. Anyway, a lot of the stuff I use for this segment is my actual pricing and experiences taking my own vacations. So to be consistent as well as a little self-serving, I'm using five as the magic number. Five people is also when things get tricky. Rides may be an awkward fit and you may have to split your party. Dining and reservations could be a little trickier. Hotel-wise, you may need a suite. Some resorts are off limits altogether unless you book two rooms. Besides, one kid is a fashion accessory and two kids are for quitters. After three parents, you have to switch your defense from a man to a zone. If you're single out there and looking for someone to settle down and have kids with, forget Match.com or eHarmony when trying to meet that perfect someone. Instead, check out the NFL scouting reports and find a good corner with an excellent pass protection. You won't regret it. Where was I? Oh yes, Shortly's trip. Four days, less than $700. And I'm not talking all in here. This is park tickets only. How much you want to eat and where you want to eat it is up to you. Brown bags, some sandwiches, and it's going to cost you a whole lot less than if every meal is some kind of character dining price fix extravaganza. Your hotel price is also kind of up to you, mostly based on your tolerance of skeeviness. My parents wouldn't even consider staying at anything under a deluxe resort. They have no interest in a cafeteria-style dining hall. They want the pillows on their mattresses to have their own pillows, and those pillows to have decorative pillows. The comforter needs to be stuffed with down of an endangered species. 
For my wife, it's a three-star minimum. She's not a camping person. She's not even a motel person. She needs a room door that leads to a hallway, not an outside railing. Don't even show her a room with no coffee maker or hair dryer. There needs to be an ice machine on the same floor, which doesn't double as a hobo hemorrhoid therapy unit. And if she sees one of those combo soap shampoo conditioner dispensers, 3M double-sided taped to the wall, she is out. So the room and board variables are yours to make on your own. For $700 or less, I'm talking tickets, which in and itself is a miracle. For work reasons, it's tough for us to take a break or get a break time-wise or price-wise. We're off when the kids are off and for Disney, that's like harvest time. The prices are high, the place is sweltering, and the crowds are large. But uh, you know, it is what it is. If there are discounts, they're usually resort-based and we can usually get a better price off property anyway. To go for four days, thinking one park per day, costs us $2,023.50. Ten days, by the way, is only $346.15 more. So a short trip is rarely economical as far as value. But over $2,000 isn't under $700. So what's the deal here? Here's the secret. Don't go to the four main gates. Go to the water parks instead. If you think about it, it's a pretty good idea for a Disney summer getaway, especially now. Epcot is building Guardians and Ratatouille and stuff that isn't open yet, and Animal Kingdom Pandora is still new and crowded. Right now at 10 a.m., it's a Wednesday, school is still in session, and Flight of Passage has a 165-minute wait, and the line for the river journey is still an hour and a half. Over at the Magic Kingdom, new Tomorrowland attractions are coming. Hollywood Studios is starting to turn the corner with Toy Story Land opening, but that's going to be a prescription for a mob scene. The great movie ride replacement is not coming anytime soon, and the opening of Star Wars Land is still far, far away. Now I know that I said on this segment, don't wait and just go, and I meant it. This place is always building something. It's a moving train. You just gotta go. It'd be like not buying a computer because you heard the ones next year will be better and faster. But the 50th anniversary is coming and it looks like the place is gearing up for that in a big way. So if you've never been and the kids are the right magical age, go. Drop the cash on it. But for us who did the big summer trip, followed by a Christmas trip, followed by a work trip, I'm saving the two or three thousand dollars until they come close to finishing everything I haven't seen yet. But I assume like anybody who's listening to a Disney-centric podcast or watches a snarky Disney-centric planning cartoon show at youtube.com backslash wdwplantoons or your favorite podcast apps by searching wdwplantoons or by visiting plantoons.com that waiting until next decade to get your next hit of Disney park immersion is just far too long. Sure, if you want to see something different, you can go to Disneyland and have a disappointing and inferior experience that you would in Florida. Side? My kid. Kinda. But combine the water parks and dining activities at the resorts, not to mention the boardwalk and Disney Springs, and you have yourself a Disney-themed getaway that beats the crowds as well as the heat. The cost for one day, for the five of us at Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach, is $346.15. And apparently, you can go to either park or both on the same day if you wanted to. Compare that with the $640 at the Magic Kingdom or $610 for anywhere else, and you can start to see the savings. The week I have off is peak season price, because of course it is. Adding park hopping to that day would run you $920, and I've already said it would cost over two grand in tickets for four day stay at the parks. So what's the savings by staying four days or so at the water parks? Funny you should ask, because you can actually get an annual pass for just the water parks, and that costs less. And I said less, 
than going to the water parks two days by paying it for a ticket a day. So for the price of two days at the water parks, you can stay as long as you want, or as long as you can pay for the hotel or the VRBO cost. The point is, the limiting factor is no longer the ticket price. Also in July, maybe a Disney water park vacation is the perfect vacation. The four main parks are great, but in the summer they're just the parks. They aren't decorated and themed like Halloween through Christmas. Epcot isn't making you run for something, or doing a food and garden, or art and flowers, or wine or whatever. You're coming anyway, they don't have to lure you in. So maybe save the big four for those times when it isn't hotter than the last moments of Alderaan, wait for those times when there aren't the crowds that make it twice as long to do everything, and you can save big money by doing more in less time, or wait for those times when the place is decorated and the holiday celebrations are happening, making it a more special place and even more magical. Yep, it's a Disney water park summer, I say. Surf pools and water slides and crushing gushers and lazy rivers for lazy people, snowstormers, summits that plummet. It sounds great. And when you're not swimming or becoming an incubator for melanoma, we can shop and eat at Disney Springs or make reservations for character dining or a dining show at the resorts. We can watch the electric water pageant. They don't even have an electric parade at the Magic Kingdom anymore, and you can see it for free. Watch people sweating the death of Future World from the monorail at Epcot. So yes, for the ticket price of under $700, for five people, you can stay as long as you can keep the hotel room going, because having a Disney-themed summer, beating the heat in the crowds, and only paying $700 for it, well, that's short leash people. I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at dominic at disradio.com. That's D O M E N I C at disradio.com. I also can be found on the internet on Twitter at WDW Plantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDW Plantoons or by visiting plantoons.com. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware It's a small world after all Everybody now! The smile means friendship to everyone Though the mountains be wide and the oceans are wide It's a small world after all Come on, come on, everybody now It's a world of love.
Hi, this is Jacob Yaffe, the composer of the hit Disney series, Andy Mack, and you're listening to Diz Radio. Hello, everybody. It's time for another Disney Quote of the Week. While The Incredibles 2 is out, and it's a box office smash. Now, Pixar has produced 20 feature films, beginning with Toy Story in 1995, which was the first ever computer animated feature film, and its most recent being Incredibles 2. All 20 of its films have debuted with cinema scores ratings of at least an A-, indicating positive receptions with audiences. The studio has also produced dozens of short films. As of June 2018, its feature films have earned approximately $12 billion at the worldwide box office, with an average worldwide gross of $634 million per film. Finding Nemo in 2003, along with its sequel Finding Dory in 2016, as well as Toy Story 3, are among the 50 highest grossing films of all time, with the lattermost film being the third all-time highest grossing animated film with a gross of $1.063 billion. 14 of Pixar's films are also among the 50 highest grossing animated films of all time. The studio has also earned 19 Academy Awards, 8 Golden Globe Awards, and 11 Grammy Awards, among many other awards and acknowledgments. Many of Pixar's films have been nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature since inauguration in 2001, with nine winning. This includes Finding Nemo and Toy Story 3, along with The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Wally, Up, Brave, Inside Out, and Coco. Monsters, Inc. and Cars are also among two films that were nominated for the award without winning it, while Cars 2 and Monsters University, The Good Dinosaur, Viney Dory, and Cars 3 were not nominated. Up and Toy Story 3 were also in their respective second and third animated films to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture. The first being Walt Disney's animation studio Beauty and the Beast. Luxo Jr., a character in the studio's 1986 short film of the same name, is the studio's mascot. Now, this week's quote of the week comes from Tim Burton, who had this to say about Pixar. In Hollywood, they think drawn animation doesn't work anymore. Computers are the way. They forget that the reason computers are the way is that Pixar makes good movies. So everybody tries to copy Pixar. They're relying too much on technology and not enough on the artists. Well, that's all the time I have this week. And remember, D-Heads, have a magical week. Come on, honey, we're late. Let's go, let's go. I'm coming. Going to Canada, boy. Taking you with us. The Seavers are heading out on a family vacation. I thought I smelled something. What is your problem, you ball of wind? But their pets are about to take off on an all-new adventure. can't believe this is happening. Walt Disney Pictures presents Homeward Bound 2. Now Shadow. Let's go. Chance. Look out, come through. And Sassy. Here we go again. Are getting a taste of the big city. Hey. Typical canine. Think I'll ever see him again. Well, looky here. Hey, Bets. I'm going to have me a snack. They found their way home once before. They can do it again. Take that. Ow. They're making new friends. Cute butt. Oh, that was great, guy. Facing new dangers. Let's turn doggies into dollars. Everybody run! 
I, I, I meant to do that. Those men are gonna get chance. And doing whatever it takes. Your butt is mine. To find their way home. What went on me? What are the chances of finding these animals? You looking for me? Let me at him. Let me at him. Wait for me. Oh. Lost animals in cities just don't mix. Show those doors. Surf bag. Jack. <laughs> Get ready. Who got me on this ride? For a whole new spin on adventure. A tubular. I'm going to hurt you. Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. So who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that's movies, magic, memories, and more, one of those people that have touched your lives in many different ways, whether that's a small screen, this big screen, or making you laugh, we have none other than Robert Hayes here. You know him from Airplane, Airplane the Sequel, Cat's Eye, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, and so much more. Welcome to Diz Radio. Well, hello. <laughs> See, I was getting caught up in all the titles. <laughs> well, you know, your resume never ceases to amaze me. I mean, there's so many different titles on there, people's lives you've been part of. I guess the one thing I always like to start off with for everybody is what led you down that road of becoming an actor as a career? Well, um, my uncle, my great uncle, my mom's uncle, was uh, he worked at Universal Studios, and he was in the publicity department. And uh, so he he would get autographed pictures from some of the movie stars that were there that had done films there, had gone through the office and have them sign it to Bobby. And uh, so I've got a bunch of pictures laying around somewhere from Tony Curtis and Janet Leigh, Cary Grant, which is one of my all-time favorites, and, uh, uh, you know, on and on. And it was just really, really kind of fun. And I suppose that I had had that in the back of my mind, <clears throat> how neat that would be, but I never really, I never pursued it, never got into theater or did shows or anything until um, uh, my dad was transferred. He was a military, he was a Marine, and uh, he was transferred from uh, where we were in Nebraska back home, back here to Southern California, but we wound up down in San Diego instead of the Newport Beach area which was our home base, and uh, because we had horses. So I'm kind of rambling on here. <laughs> anyway, we had horses, so I stayed at home to take care of the horses uh, with my mom while he was sent overseas. And the college there, I was late getting into it, transferring into it, and all they had was uh, a track and field class, which I didn't have to take because I'd done all that, and, and a beginning acting class. So I took that just so I could get into school. And... Uh, it was fun. It was so much fun. And that was it. I just dove headlong into it, crashed all the other courses I could get into. And I wound up being at school at 14 to 18 hours a day, all day doing the school and then at night uh, doing the shows. And uh, I was just bitten by the bug, I guess they say. Old Globe Theater there in San Diego, which is a great theater. And uh, then from there, I came up to L.A. 
Well, you know, and it's been fruitful for you too, because like you said, you, you got bit by the bug and you were in so many different things over the years too, even many television shows like Love Boat, you name it. And of course, I guess the one thing we'll talk about right away, because we know everyone's going to ask about that first is, you know, being part of Airplane, great comedy film. I mean, the, I guess I would like to say that that's like the start of kind of that uh, great 80s slapstick comedies. Um, how did you get that role? And what did you think when you finally read the script? And you're like, all right, what am I actually being part of? Well, actually, I read the script on an airplane. Um, <laughs> it was at ABC event. We were all being flown back. A bunch of us that were doing ABC shows were being flown back to uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. And uh, there was a, a, a television station that was changing from NBC to ABC. It was the, uh, the I think, the first television station west of the Mississippi, something like that. And, and uh, so this was a huge deal to be changing the affiliations. So they had Howard Cosell, um, they had Donna Pascal and me from Angie, and uh, a bunch of other people. And they flew us all back there. And on the plane, I read the script. And there was something, literally, there was something on every single page that didn't just make me smile. It made me laugh out loud, made me chuckle, something. Uh, it was just, it was so funny. The stewardess on the plane, very prim and proper, had her hair done up in a like a, like a uh, librarian bun, kind of, you know, very stiff. And she she said, I couldn't help but notice you seem to be enjoying what you're reading. And I said, oh, yeah, it's a script for a film I'm going to meet next week. When I'm done, do you want to read it? And she said, why, yes, thank you very much. And so afterwards, I gave it to her. And she pulled out the little seat, the stewardess's seat up against the wall, you know, the cockpit wall. <laughs> and and uh, she sat down, very prim, very proper. And she started reading it and turning the pages. And I looked up and no reaction and and then i uh looked up a little bit later and i saw a smile on her face and then a little later on i looked up and i'd see her kind of juggle you know chuckling and then i looked a little later and her hair was getting loose and falling down and she was laughing uproariously and uh i thought wow this is it's not just me so uh <laughs> then i came back and i met the boys um who are the brilliant creators of this the whole thing is is uh, Jerry and David Zucker and Jim Abrams. Those three guys are the geniuses that created the whole thing and cast it the way they wanted to cast it and held out for, you know, the people they wanted. And uh, uh, they're just, they were brilliant and captured it. The way they, their timing, their sense of comedy, uh, the way they wanted to do it, the whole thing was all them. So that was great. I was going to say it was my first feature film. And uh, so that was like winning the lottery. I, I'd been doing television up to then, doing small one and two lines, four lines, and working my way up to doing small parts and then guest star shots. And then finally I got a series, Angie, which I was doing at the time. So I hadn't done I, – I had the experience of being on camera and having had several years of, of that, about four years, I guess, of working in front of the camera before that came along, but that was my first feature. So that enabled me to then pick and choose because of the way it came out and exploded. Uh, took Everybody took Paramount and everybody by surprise. And uh, 
uh, broke every box office record, every theater, it seems like, across the country, and uh, on its way to becoming the largest money-making comedy of all time, which was, uh, it, it stayed there for a long time, too, because it cost so little to make. So, so uh, you know, you had the big comedies doing costing $25 million, and this thing was $3.5 million to make. So it made its money back faster than they could hide it, as the joke goes. So uh, that enabled me to then be able to, you know, pick and choose, and people are sending scripts like crazy, and so I just had a good time. Well, you know, and that's the kind of film, like you said, it's one of those that it, now it's it's a staple. You pass it down to generations. You know, I pass it down to my oldest child, things like that. Now, I guess when you look back at the film, was there one scene that was your absolute favorite to film to this day, whether it was on set or whatnot? You're just like, that was just one day I am going to put in my memoirs. It's so hard because every single day was like that for me. I just would get up and I couldn't wait to get to work and see everybody. And Julie was just the greatest. And Lorna Patterson was so talented and so funny. And uh, and working with Bob Stack and and Lloyd, even though they were in the tower, and I worked with Leslie direct, most directly with Leslie. And and uh, you know, and Peter was there uh, and Kareem up in the plane. But uh, most of the stuff I did was with Leslie. Uh, you know, from from those guys. Uh, most of the stuff, obviously, that I did was with Julie. And she was just, she's the sweetest thing on the planet. She is just the neatest lady. So I couldn't wait to get to work. Every day it was just like, you know, boy, oh boy, I have been blessed. <laughs> so I would get to work and then the the biggest problem that we had was keeping a straight face when you're filming because we were doing it very seriously, which was the boys wanted to do it that way so that that really kind of enhanced the the comedic effect for the audience. You know, when when you see people trying to be really serious and it's just insane, it makes them laugh harder than when people are, you know, yuck, yuck, yuck. Hey, look at me. Aren't I funny? And you take away the audience's laugh. It's like, wait a minute, you're laughing and we're supposed to be the ones laughing. So... uh so that was that was kind of hard sometimes, especially with Leslie. Leslie was well known, very very well known uh, later on. But at that time, it was a it was a fairly new thing. But he was known for this little um, machine, we'd call it a little fart machine that he had in his hand, and he he would squeeze that and make little fart sounds, and uh, just uh, ugh, I mean, right in the middle of your close up. And how do you keep a straight face with that? So it was after a while <laughs> they they banned those from the set because he he brought a box of them and sold them to everybody on the set, all the crew and the cast and everybody. Uh, so it was pretty pretty insane, but it was so much fun. I mean, I've got ones that I love like uh, uh, Peter and Leslie uh, right behind the cockpit. How long before? You you can land? Well, I can't tell you. You can tell me I'm a doctor. Well, I just I just don't know. He says, well, can't you take a guess? Well, not for another two or three hours. You can't take a guess for two or three hours? No, I mean, I just don't know. You know, so I mean, that one got me. <laughs> um, Leslie got me with, uh, you know, his that sonorous voice of his and the seriousness, everything that he did. I mean, he was just, he was wonderful. Um, Julie with her little 
little small little voice that was so innocent and so sweet saying the things that she said just uh it's hard to pick one. Well, you know, and with that, too, you know, there are so many different scenes that everybody loves. I mean, when they're, you know, shaking the woman in her seat, uh, calm her down and, you know, uh, you know, flipping and fighting people through the terminals and, and those kinds of fun things. Now, when you went back and you watched the complete film, were you laughing just as hard as when you were filming it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was so insane. And there were things that I never saw. Um, um I was, in fact, I was there. I was, I was there to watch them film the scene when the, when Jerry, uh, when David comes up to Jerry out on the tarmac and then two of the writer directors and they had small bits. All of them had small little bit parts in the film. And David comes up to Jerry, uh, out on the tarmac and he says, which way is the hand truck? And the hand truck, oh, it's over there. And he's guiding the plane in and he turns and points over there and the plane turns. And it goes through the plate glass window. It crashes through. Well, I was watching it, and that was like a huge, huge stunt. They had a three-quarter size model of the 747, and they had the nose of it. And it was picked up and lifted up by a forklift or whatever and put in a, the back of a pickup truck. And then they they drove it backwards right in through the plate glass window. That's how they did it. <clears throat> so they had all the cameras going about 10 cameras or whatever it was just to make sure that they they got it and uh and it was a big deal it was huge so we all saw it and yeah crash there it was then i saw the screening the first second third time and then a friend of mine told me uh having seen it he saw something and he told me about it and i never saw it when i was there and also watching the screening so sure enough the fourth time i saw the film I look, and there's one of the stunt people, a woman that's got a little baby. It's actually a doll, and it's wrapped up in a pink blanket. And when the plane crashes through the window, she throws the baby straight up in the air and takes off. <laughs> never, I never saw that, and that got me. So, uh, you know, there were little bits and pieces. There's, uh, We finally discovered me hiding behind the crowd when the stuntman does the big flip in the air and lands in the crowd and I jump out in the dance sequence and then strike the John Travolta pose and uh with a bullet shot sound. So you can you can see my head bobbing around in the crowd there, which was really silly. We were shooting it so fast. We were just trying to get all of those shots and because uh, we didn't have the time to redo it. And I don't even know if anyone saw me at the time when we shot it, but there it is. So they're fun things like that. You know, they're there are uh, <laughs> goofy mistakes you can find in there, but they're they were pretty neat. Well, you know, and it, like I said, it has become this classic that just never gets old. You constantly start, you know, you laugh every time you see it when you stop through on the television. And then, of course, they wanted to make the sequel. Was that something you're like, yes, definitely, I am on board? Yeah, I had so much fun, um, wanted to do it. The boys didn't want to do it. They felt like they had used up all their jokes on that. They wanted to do something fresh. So Howard Koch, who was, uh, he had been the head of Paramount, the head of production at Paramount, and they put him in charge uh, after he had he had uh, left that position, had his own production company, but it was on the lot there at Paramount. And uh, so they put him in charge to shepherd the boys through because they didn't know anything about making a film. And uh, so... He was he was in charge of this one too, and uh, 
they got Ken Finkelman, who's a Canadian uh, writer and director, and they wanted that that kind of uh, device of having someone who was the writer also direct it. And so uh, we worked together on that. I worked with Ken a bunch on the script, and uh, and we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. It was it, it was sort of like the the first one was the surprise. People that only saw the second one and then later on would see the first one, I've actually been told, like maybe one person, maybe two people, and this is coming up on what, this is the 40th anniversary uh, in two years, the 38th anniversary this year. And uh, out of all that time and the thousands and thousands and thousands of people all around the world when I've been on location in other countries or traveling, and, and people will tell me how much they love the movie. But out of all of those people, I would say one, maybe two people have said that they like the second one better. But that's because they saw it first. So once you see one of them, then that's the joke. And, you know, so the second one is uh, is still funny, but it's not as funny because you already are in on the joke. So for all of that's us... It was just like for me and for Julie. It was continuing on with the work. So we were already kind of aware of it, you know. But uh, uh, it was still really fun, though. It was still a lot of fun. Well, you know, and that jumped you into many different things, too. I mean, aside from just Airplane, then, you know, you went on and you were on so many different other things. You know, Stephen King's Cat's Eye, as well as Starman. You know, you landed that series and short-lived. But it was a great science fiction uh, series. What was it like when you finally got this series? A little bit different, and uh, you know, you know, it's kind of like a bittersweet uh, short run. Well, I I had loved the script, of the film, when I read that, but um, I I didn't have any name or anything, and and uh, Jeff Bridges, you know, did that, and it was really wonderful. But when I had a deal with Columbia, uh, a development deal for uh, film and for television, and it was we just couldn't find anything that either they they didn't like it or they come up with something and I didn't like it. But uh, so it was down to literally I think it was the last day, and uh, and they called up said I got something for you and they would describe it over the phone and and it was like you know ah, it'd be okay but yeah. this time. Uh, the guy, Steve, called me up and, and he said, I got something for you. And I said, what? And he said, it's, uh, no, I don't want to tell you. I want you to come in. And so I went in and I met with with uh, Mike and John, Mike Gray. Um, Mike and John were partners and had developed the series idea from the film. So they pitched it to me and I thought, Starman, oh, geez, I don't want to be, you know, doing what somebody else did and what they did so well. I don't I don't want to have to do that follow in their footsteps kind of a thing. And uh but it just sounded good and I liked those guys a lot and it seemed like that would be fun to work with them. So we started doing it and it wound up being just just right probably right behind the airplane. It was my favorite thing that I've done. Uh it was so special and we only did it one season. But it was so special. The crew was fantastic, and the and the cast with C.B. Barnes that played Chris Barnes played my son, and Michael Cavanaugh was Agent Fox that 
was chasing after me, and then uh, we got my buddy Patrick Culleton on as Wiley. The little joke there was it was Wiley and Fox chasing us, so it was the Wiley Fox from the cartoon series, and that was a little you know inside joke. Uh, but we we traveled around. We shot the first uh, episode uh, up in Seattle, and uh, and then we shot episodes around here in L.A. But uh, we also shot in Reno and <clears throat> in uh, San Francisco and Los Gatos and uh, out in the Canyon Country out here. And so it was it was what we'd call a road show, you know, being on the road a lot. And it combined the sort of the idea of Highway to Heaven. Only instead of an angel, he was an alien. And The Fugitive, you know, the old uh, David Jansen, The Fugitive. And so uh, running from the law, only us, it was running from the government agents that wanted to capture the alien. So that was that combination. And ABC apparently never really understood what they had. They didn't know if it was a father-son relationship show or if it was sci-fi. And it was actually both, but they were trying to, you know, categorize it. And they they kept putting us in different time slots. I think we had six different time slots in uh, in that first season, that only season that we had. And they never used to advertise us, really. Uh, I, I, they came by the set, and I would say, hey, guys, why aren't you advertising us? They said, well, you're on at 9, and we advertise the 7.30 shows, and then just hope everybody sticks around for the shows that follow it. I thought, well, Jesus, when you move as much, how does anybody know where we are? And uh, so uh, when they uh, canceled it, I got letters from people. I got a letter from a teacher in New York that uh, was so angry at me for canceling it. She says, I show that to my children. That's their homework assignment, to watch that show, and the next day they come in and we all discuss it because it's such a great relationship with the father and son. And that's so important to have that. You know, I wrote back and said, hey, I want it on. (laughs) Don't complain to me. Complain to the network. They're the ones that make the decision. So, uh, but it was all too late. Uh, The network, I found out later that they told my friend uh, Bob Urich uh, that uh, they said the biggest mistake we made that season was not renewing uh, Starman. And uh, it was literally... It wasn't like, you know, in, at the at the midnight hour. It was literally within a second, a split second. That was right down to the wire. That's when they made the decision. And and uh, I think if we'd gone for one season, we would have, one more season, just gotten picked up. I think we would have gone for probably four, which is the magic number that you want for a thing to be syndicated and go into reruns. But it was such a wonderful show, and... It was, you know, you're kind of getting things thrown together, and you start off with not a heck of a lot of a budget, so you have to make do. And uh, so a lot of things can suffer production-wise. You don't have the money to do certain things, but but uh, I think the feeling of the show comes through. And uh, there was a group of people, there still is a group of people <clears throat> that uh, are Starman fans, extreme Starman fans that are so wonderful. And they get together every year and have what they call the Starman Family Con. And uh, and Patrick and Michael and I all go to it. And and Chris, some, sometimes he's able to get to it. And people that, you know, we're in the crew. Some of those guys will show up, Larry Green, a few other guys. 
And it's just really fun. They love being there with us, and they love just hearing anything about the show. Even if we've told it to them, you know, the year before and the year before that, they love to hear it again. And uh, it was just a very special show, and it touched a lot of people. So uh, that was one of my favorite things. Airplane is going to always be the number one, but uh, because it enabled me to do all these other things afterwards. But uh, uh, Starman was incredibly special, and Homeward Bound was too. That was really special. And and Angie was when I did the series Angie with Donna Pesca. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, a lot of things that I've done that I really, really enjoyed. Had a great time. Just about everybody I've worked with, I've enjoyed working with them so much, and I've been blessed that way. Well, and like you said, there's so many different things that you know you you don't leave anything to just this chance, or you forget about it. Everything has meant something to you. And for all of our Disney fans out there, like you mentioned, Homeward Bound, which is great, heartfelt uh, film. I mean, I've shown it to all four of my kids as they grew up. And everybody loves that film. I mean, it's just one of those great family films where anybody of any age can watch it. I guess, what was it like being part of something like that? Good old-fashioned family fun. It was so great. It was so, so great. Uh, Dwayne Dunham was the director. I think that was his first first uh, directing job, I think. Or, or uh, yeah, maybe it was his first one. He'd worked with with some really, you know, amazing directors as an editor. <clears throat> so he, uh, you know, he, he had a, a, a touch and a, an idea, and, a, and his taste was so good. But uh, that was wonderful working with him. And the animals, geez, I just loved them. They were so fun. And you never, you know, you're never supposed to work with, with kids or animals, and here it's both. You know, and those kids, <laughs> big Benj, saw and still keep in touch with Benj. Now he's grown up and married, and and uh, and Veronica, uh, Lauren was was the gal, and and uh, Kevin Chevalier was the, the little one, and uh, they're just they were wonderful. And Kim Greist uh, played my wife in it, and she's just terrific. I mean, it was really really fun. It, but but Disney didn't seem to really know what they had. I think they kind of like, yeah, yeah, they're not paying much attention to it. And from the story I heard was um, they had a screening for the press, and the executives or the publicists or whoever were handling it were hanging around outside in the lobby, and they thought, yeah, what are we going to do? How are we going to get rid of this thing? These guys are probably going to pan the hell out of it. And, so what are we going to do? Just kind of moping around and complaining outside, and the doors open when it was over. And all the critics, I mean, the writers were, you know, the columnists, the, the Hollywood columnists and critics were coming out, and they, they were crying. And they thought, oh, no, was it that bad? <laughs> and then they started hearing them say, that was so wonderful. And they thought, wonderful? You liked it? <laughs> so then it was like, hey, guys, we got to rethink this thing. They actually liked it. And then they tried to get uh, the little Homeward Bound games in uh, McDonald's, you know, so you get the little figures and you have a little game trying to get everybody home again. And it was it was a half-hearted attempt at it, but they, they uh, didn't really get all of that done, apparently, the way I heard they were trying to get it done. 
and in spite of all of that and their lack of whatever, lack of push, it still wound up making Disney a lot of money. Um, I had families come up to me and they would say, I hate your guts. And I said, what? And they say, I've had to watch that film 95 times with my kids. And then they'd laugh and say, no, I'm just, they'd say, really, it was wonderful. It was really great. And uh, uh, it it was just really something. We went to a a screening of it at the Egyptian Theater, the theater down across from Grauman's Chinese Theater that Disney owns. And uh, uh, I had my mom and my dad, mom and dad both, and my wife and our little two-year-old was sitting on her lap. And his godparents have two sets of them, and they were there. And my in-laws were there, all crowd of us. And we were down in the front couple of rows. And my dad is 6'3", a big, tough Marine fighter pilot. And my my boy's, one of his godfathers next to him, uh, Kent McCord, the actor Kent McCord. And he's 6'3", and tough, you know, football player, bouncer, tough, tough guy. And at the end... Uh, when, uh, uh, you know, uh, Shadow, it doesn't look like Shadow's going to make it. And Peter just thinks he was too old. He was just too old. And he turns, and he's walking away, and suddenly he feels something. He turns around, and here comes Shadow limping. And as he's limping, he sees him, and Shadow sees him. He says, with the Don Amici's voice, that incredible Don Amici voice, and he says, Peter. And Peter turns around and says, Shadow? And you see Shadow getting stronger and getting younger as he runs toward him. And it was so emotional. And I looked over and saw my dad and Kent both kind of reaching up so nobody would see, wiping a little tear away from their eye. <laughs> if it got them, man, it could get anybody. So it, it was just a wonderful movie. And it was it was a lot of fun to do, too. It was really a lot of fun. When one of the guys, Frank uh, Frank Levy, was a producer on it, that was really a sweet guy, a wonderful guy, and he he died uh, during the making of it, and that it's why it has a dedication at the end of the film for for Frank. But uh, but it's uh, it was something. It was there was a lot of things about that film, and. Uh, most of it wonderful. And it was great that it ended up being liked by people or loved by so many people. Well, and it's one of those films, too, that has kind of stood the test of time because it doesn't kind of lock you into this like time, place, era. It's just one of those good old-fashioned movies that everybody can watch, even in today's society. And it, like you said, you're going to feel it. It's going to be heartfelt. And it's something everybody can relate to, even nowadays, because... How many of us still have pets and we all love them? That's right. It's actually wound up being a Disney classic. And it was so fun to be in two, actually two classic films. Airplane is a a comedy classic and Homeward Bound is a Disney classic. And it was great to have been a part of both. 
Definitely. Now, you've been part of so many different things, and, you know, we don't want to keep you too long. You know, we know you're busy and that, but you've been part of so many different uh, television shows and movies and so many other things like Spin City and, and others, including that 70s show, Outer Limits. What's it like when you jump on a set for any of these guest starring roles? Is it just fun to sit there and, you know, kind of you're walking into something fun, you kind of get your fix, and is there any bucket list shows that you would still love to be part of? Well, gosh. Uh, geez, I don't know. I, there were some of them. Um, that 70s show I was going through, actually, there was a very rough time I went through. And so that was very hard for me, just going to work. Life wasn't very enjoyable at that time, going through some different problems and, and a, a divorce and uh parents being ill and dying and you know it's like a platter a whole huge platter of things that hit me and i was not um i wasn't in the greatest place um but uh uh topher topher grace on that show was just i couldn't say enough great things about him he was just such an amazing guy i think a wonderful actor and he's gone on to kind of prove that uh, but he was just delightful, uh, fun to work with. And, uh, and, you know, several of the folks were, it was really fun. Tommy Chong was on there, which was a iconic classic, you know, from those crazy films that he and Cheech did. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just, they were, they were, it was really, you know, some great folks, but, but, uh, I was having a bit of a rough time in that. So I was a bit lost going through my lost period. So they were fun, but you know there were other things that were that were more fun to do, just because of That's the time, right. not because of them, but because of what stuff I was going through, you know. Right. Well, you know, and like you said, there's so many different things and items like that. Now, I guess, you know, in wrapping up here, because like I said, we don't want to keep you too long for, you know, all the people's lives who you've touched, you know, whether that's through Airplane, Homeward Bound, all your television appearances, you know, Starman, I mean, you name it, your list continues to go on and on. I mean, great classics, Take This Job and Shove It. I mean, Cat's Eye. I mean, so many great things. For all of your fans listening in and people's lives you've touched or even new fans who have just been introduced to some of these classics for you, I guess, is there anything you'd like to leave out there for them? Thanks. <laughs> I, I had people come up to me and they say, they kind of are nervous to come out and they'll, they'll say, excuse me, I just want to tell you, I know you're probably sick of hearing this, but I just loved you, an airplane. And I said, okay, wait a second. Let's break this down. I can tell you're a little nervous. So you probably think I'm going to be one of those guys, and believe me, I met them too, that are, you know, they just rip your head off if you come up and you enter their space. You violate their space, and they're jerks. So you, it takes a little courage to do that. And so I admire that. And now you're telling me that you loved something that I did. Now, how could I get tired of hearing that? <laughs> and they start laughing, and it puts them at ease. And I say, well, so thank you very much. I appreciate that. I've had that happen so many times because I guess people have had a lot of uh, experience going up to people and, you know, having them be divas or whatever they are and not be very kind to them. I've had it happen to me, too, um, you know, seeing actors that I've admired, and then I go up to them, and they wind up not being very uh, very nice. So I understand where they were coming from. But boy, I think that was really—it's really—it's uh, really something when 
when people will come up and take the time to come up and uh, and tell you how much they appreciated your work. It means a lot. And uh, so for anybody that sees anything that I've done now and they like it, uh, thanks a bunch. That's great. And I'm glad you did. Well, you know, like you said, it's one of those where, you know, you've touched so many people's lives. They love it. And of course, you know, as a fan, they're always, you're playing that part in their life. You're taking them back to that moment in time that they remember watching this, whether that's with their family, their friends, maybe they were going through a rough patch and you were a part of that. So it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us today a little bit in the past, presence, you name it, all the different things you've been part of. And, you know, we're, you're always welcome back anytime for any current projects or anything in the future. You never know. Maybe there will be an airplane three one day. <laughs> yeah, we were going to do that. They were going to do it. But I was, uh, that was actually, that's the one that I always, when I tell the story, I say, now I have to bend over and you have to kick me because I was doing a film in, in England and when they wanted to do airplane three and I was going through a period at that time sequels were really frowned upon and the paparazzi was always hounding me saying hey robert airplane hayes you think you'll ever do anything with airplane think you're ever going to be a real actor you think i mean they were really relentless and i fell for it you know i so when they wanted to do airplane three i was doing a film that was written for me and we were in england shooting it and i thought no i'm being a real actor (laughs) and so i turned it down and it got way up in the money for for back then and uh, and we finally, you know, turn it down. And then that was it. It would never get done, they said, after that. So uh, every time I tell that story, whoever I tell it to. So you owe me a kick in the bottom now, now that I've told you that story, if we ever meet. <laughs> but fantastic. The, just the, the mere fact that I've had people, I've actually had letters, some of the greatest fan letters I've ever had. And I've had this happen a couple of times. And... Uh, Somebody was in the hospital. Somebody had a heart attack, and they were in the hospital. And they watched comedies to get through the whole ordeal. And they watched Angie, and they just loved it. And then they watched Airplane, and they said that that helped them heal. And I thought, holy smokes, man, that is uh, one of the highest compliments you could get. So uh, it's been a joyful ride but I really have appreciated talking with you, too. And this is, uh, I can go on for hours. This is terrific. Well, once again, it was our pleasure having you stop in and all these great memories. And, you know, like I said, it was always a pleasure. And you're always welcome back anytime. So thanks once again for all the memories and the magic. Well, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Stand by for the most extraordinary chain of events ever swept up into high adventure. Hey, Larry, where's the forklift? Forklift! It's over there for the baggage water. Airplane. Airplane is drama. Uh, this is Dr. Brody at the Mayo Clinic. There's a passenger on your Chicago flight 209 or a little girl named Lisa Davis en route to Minneapolis. She's scheduled for a heart transplant. I want you to make sure that she's kept in a reclined position and that a continuous watch is kept on her IV. Airplane is action. Airplane is romance. I love you, Elaine. I love you. Airplane is music. There is only one river. There is only one sea. 
Airplane is dancing. Never has the screen been so big. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir, I've never been up in a plane before. Peter Graves. You ever seen a grown man naked? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. Leslie Nielsen. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Lloyd Bridges. Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Well, I can make a or a brooch, or pterodactyl. Robert Stack. All right, Steve, let's face a few facts. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. Julie Haggerty. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Can you fly this plane and land it? Robert Hayes. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here. Down, get a hold of yourself. Calm down, now get back to your seat. I'll take care of this cop. Calm down, get a hold of yourself. Don't be one of the four. The most incredible adventure the screen has ever created. He's coming right at us! The big news is... Airplane. I love to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. A loud and long and clear I love to laugh Ho, 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 ho It's getting worse every year And the more I laugh Ha, 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 ha The more I fill with glee And the more the glee He, 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 he The more I'm a merrier me Ha, ha, me Ho, ho, me he, he, he. The more I'm a merrier me Oh, some people laugh through their noses Sounding something like this <laughs> Some people laugh through their teeth Goodness sakes Hissing and fizzing like snakes <laughs> Some people go fast <laughs> Some only blast <laughs> Others twitter like birds <laughs> Then there's a kind what can't make up their mind? <laughs> I love to laugh <laughs> Loud and long and clear We all love to laugh Ho, 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 ho So everybody can hear Now the more you laugh Ha, 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 ha The more you fill with glee and the more the glee, he, 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 the more we're a merrier we, ha, ha, we, ho, ho, we, he, 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 the more we're a merrier we. <laughs> <laughs> hey.
Hey, Louie, how do you spell that? L-O-G-H-U. Now on Biz Radio, it's Randy, giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Randy has you covered, giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company. Now on BizRadio.com. Ah, yes, summertime, kicking back, enjoying the nice, wonderful breeze, sunny times, and as well, kicking back with with my family and friends as we enjoy the wonderful outdoor activities and some pool time here and there. And as well, all the wonderful theme park and amusement park activities. One of my favorites is the time of the year is enjoying the nice hot summer sun, riding some thrill rides, roller coasters here and there, and kicking back in the lazy pool rivers, and just call it a day. Ah, oh, I love the summertime. That's my favorite time of the season. And as well, congratulations to the class of 2018 for those graduates from high school and as well for college. You guys have a done a well-done job. Congratulations. So enjoy your summer break. Maybe find a little summer job here and there. And who knows, you might be doing a summer job at an amusement park or a theme park. Well, for those who are going to the theme parks this summer, it's times where we're waiting in line and line. It's just trying to wait, wait for like a what, a two minute, three minute ride? Yeah, thrilling. But not so thrilling as waiting two to three hours in line. And sometimes if it's, there's no shade in the blistering sun and heat and humidity. And the list goes on and on and on. But that's the whole point of summer, right? For those, you know, living upstate, you know, where I live, you know, the winter has been so long and so dreary. It's like I want to get away from the snow. Yeah, I love snow, but the cold and, uh, yeah, crazy. But it's now summertime. Well, let's kick up this little summer blues and, and just wonderful time where we can kick back and listen to some great music while we're waiting in line. Yes, the Disney Parks has released a little fun snippet of where you can listen to your favorite theme park audio while waiting in line. With the exclusive release of Play app where you can wait in lines and even play games and also fun activities while you're quote unquote waiting in line for your favorite ride attraction. Well, with this special playlist, Disneyland and Walt Disney World, you can hear this special special playlist through the Apple Music. For those who are have subscribed to the Apple Music, you can listen to in-park audio music based on the area that you are in. For example, you can be down, down at the Magic Kingdom on, at Walt Disney World to listen to the Main Street music, or over to Frontierland, uh, Adventureland, and all the other areas as well over at Disneyland's California Park. As well, there's the Disneyland Park and as well Disney's California Park. Now, with the music like Grizzly Peak, there's also the World of Color, and as well, you can listen to the, the Happily Ever After. Now, just know these are just inspired music of the soundtrack of the area. Doesn't particularly say of the area itself. So, like for example, the Happily Ever After, it's not the full audio of the show, it's just clips of music that has been in the the theme park show. For example, would say Sleeping Beauty's Aurora music. There's a, a Lion King moment as well. You can listen to that. There's a scar. So there's clips of themes from the movie. Well, what's your thoughts? Have you got a chance to listen to it? Well, go ahead and try, you can try a free trial over at Apple's Music. And for those who are on iOS devices, go ahead, subscribe, and search Disney Music. That's in the playlist. Search Disney Music under the Apple Music app. 
For those who are not really gonna download, you can always check out the Play app and see what they it's gonna be featured, which has been now released in iOS and Android devices. Well, this is Randy signing out. Keeping uh, for the latest Disney multimedia news. Keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest music. <laughs> yes, latest multimedia music around you. Until then, have a great summer. See you next time. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all you D-heads, so I am back, and that's going to wrap up this week's show. We hope you had a fantastic romp here, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the very talented, very memorable, and of course, the iconic Robert Hayes for taking that time and stopping in here this week here at the show. Fantastic films passed on for generations. Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, Airplane, and so much more. Thank you, Robert, for once again for stopping in, chatting with us, and taking that trip down memory lane. It truly was a pleasure. I'd also like to thank the D-team, yes, because without the D-team, there'd be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out so I want to extend that very special thank you to Aaron Dominic, Michael, Frank, Randy, Trisha and Jamie all stopping in here this week with their signature segments making it extra magical just for all of you D-heads remember you can connect up with the D-team on our official website at DizRadio.com just go to the D-team page and drop them a link there as well and most of all the most important, the one that you need the most Thank you, the D-Heads. Yes, without you, there truly would be no show. We wouldn't be coming back at you for over eight years with all these guests, magic, memories, and more. So thank you, all you D-Heads. You truly do make the show extra magical, and it is our honor to bring it to you every single week. Now, next week, we're continuing on with some fantastic shows as we are getting deeper and deeper into summer. We have some great guests stopping in. So before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DizRadioShow. That's D-I-Z-Radio-S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. And maybe you're looking for that mental fitness, you're looking to lose weight, you're looking to eat healthy, or maybe you just love cycling running, swimming, you name it, you can join up the Diz Ninjas. Just go to Facebook, look under the groups, and search Diz Ninjas. That's D-I-Z Ninjas. And join the Diz Ninjas today as well. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand. Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical, different kind of Disney show. And maybe you want to stay connected instantly. You just can't wait. You need the magic in your ears as soon as it gets released. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio, hit subscribe, and right there you can get the latest shows in your cubicle, on your phone, on your Android, you name it, to listen to the shows as soon as they get released. And remember, if you can't remember any of these links, I'm rambling on, you're like, there's no way I'm going to remember this. 
All you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. So, all of you D-heads, with all of that out of the way, we are back in action here. It is the heart of summer. We're having a lot of fun things going on. We hope you're enjoying that time at the lake and so much more. Sometimes you wish you could freeze time. Sometimes you wish you could be out of this world. That's all. I'm going to leave it at as your hint here this week. So until next week, all of you D-heads, make the most of those remaining days of summer, the dog days of summer, to go along with our Homeward Mound and Robert Hayes stopping in here this week. So make the most of it. Have that fun. Make the magic. Make the memories. And of course, make those memories that last a lifetime. Until next week, as I always say, slow down, take time, and never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. Make the magic happen, and until next week, have a fantastic weekend. There's nothing complicated about the way we live. We're all here for each other.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.